An idyllic scene in the serene woods outside of Dragon Cove is interrupted as what appears to be a sinkhole is suddenly manifesting. Seemingly crawling from the center of the earth, a vessel roughly the size of an aircraft carrier fills this newly formed chasm. This is undoubtedly it. This is where the geothermal technology is hidden. Inside this mysterious vessel, we see the bridge of the ship being manned by two reptilian humanoids. One has feathers covering a portion of his frail body and is adorned in glowing goggles and a white lab coat. His oversized, sickle-like toe claws tap excitedly on the metallic floor. To his left stands his counterpart. She has a wide, low skull with small horns pointing out the sides. Her giant frame consists of interlocking knobs and plates of bone. The mountainous entity easily dwarfs her compatriot. She clutches a massive club in her scarred and battle-worn hands. Brother of mine, are you certain this insignificant corner of the sphere is where we need to be? Are you questioning my abilities, sister of mine? Do I question how you go about your business of wanton violence and chaos? Dearest brother of mine, I mean no offense. It is just this is the third time you have made such a proclamation. I have made offers of recompense for the errors generated by these faulty scanners. If we were on anything better than this inferior craft, we would not have wasted so much time. Dearest sister of mine. A door on the bridge opens, and a metal humanoid figure enters. Their body shines like freshly polished chrome, and their face is a single glowing red oval. A faint red glow can be seen emanating from the joints of the metal humanoid. You knew the qualities of this ship before we made our break to the surface, and your arrogance has placed us outside, near a populated area and almost out of fuel. For your sake, you had better be right this time. Hera, if Errol has failed again, you have my permission to throw him into the next magma pool we come across. Launching cloaked probes now. They will be undetectable to the surface world's technology. 
We will have our answers momentarily, Harbinger. A dozen orbs erupt from the ground and rocket upwards. They appear as artificial shooting stars to any that happen to notice them at all. A dark and cavernous room that has sat undisturbed for millennia slowly begins to come to life. A single blinking light becomes two, then four, until a large monitor illuminates a corner of the room. Threat level parameters have been reached. Guardian protocols have been initiated. A panel opens up and five spheres slowly begin to activate. The first glows blue, followed by red, then green, pink, and finally black. Rising up, they slowly begin to orbit in a circle before launching through a small shaft. A woman dressed in khaki shorts, flannel shirt, and hiking boots makes her way to the top of a small rock formation in the middle of the woods. Let's go, action scientists! You can't understand photosynthesis by simply looking at pictures in a textbook. Look around. Find examples of what you've been reading with your partner. We'll share our findings in 30 minutes. An athletically dressed teen in a dark blue tracksuit scrambles up the hill followed by another fashionably dressed, slender young man in pink. Both are yards in front of the group. Come on, Hanuel. The faster we get this done, the faster we find you a nice shady area. This is awesome. I knew that buying this hiking ensemble would be worth it. Not only do I look amazing, but I'm staying super cool. You're never allowed to question my shopping skills again, Gwen. (laughs) You're killing me. Well, can you at least pick up the pace? I don't want anyone to beat us to the top. Not all of us enjoy perspiring, Miss Swim Team Captain. I'm not ruining a $300 pair of boots for a 50-point bio assignment. A muscular teen in a red varsity jacket is in a heated debate with a lithe young woman dressed head-to-toe in loose-fitting black clothing. This is ridiculous, Benny. Why are we out here sweating and ruining our shoes when there are perfectly good virtual nature hikes we could watch online? Is this 1985? Stop your complaining. Are you honestly saying that you would rather be in a stuffy classroom with no AC instead of out here? No funky school smells, just some quiet nature and... Oh, sweet! I could totally jump over that tree stump and land on that rock. Come on! I can't believe I let you talk me into this stupid field trip. I was perfectly fine staying behind in detention. A trio of students casually make their way upwards, trailed by a lone individual in an army jacket. A well-dressed girl is followed by a lumbering boy in a letterman jacket. The lean teen in the green coat seems lost in their studies, as every other step appears to be a stumble. Huh. Interesting. At what point do we see more Tsuga heterophylla or Tsuga mertensiana? Is it... is it a matter of elevation, or...? Hmm. 
Move, you pleb. Ew. What is that huge rat? Uh, I think it's a squirrel or something, Desdemona. Uh, it's just Proteon Lotor. It's fairly docile. It's just looking for some food. Jake, you stupid nerd. It's just a raccoon. I thought you were supposed to be smart. If you read something other than a playbook, Reginald, you would know that's what I said. <sighs> Sweet spaghetti monster in the sky. When's the last time you read a book without pictures? What'd you say, nerd? <laughs> Let go of me! As Jay struggles to escape the grasp of their massive opponent, Benny comes bounding down a higher point of the hill. Put the human encyclopedia down, Reggie. Do not make me come over there. Coach might look past your little stunt in juvie, but we all know you're just a thief who could throw a football. So why don't you back down before you get another strike? Gwen and Hanuel begin to quickly make their way to intervene. Scarlet begins to move purposefully down the small incline behind an incensed Benny. Pulling Jay from the bully's hands, Benny thrusts himself into harm's way. That's right, you troglodyte. I have been in Juvie, where I got beat by people way scarier than you. You think I'm worried about going back? Try me! Miss Turner, Miss Turner! Reginald aggressively stares at Benny as tensions are reaching their boiling point. Gwen and Hanuel attempt to run interference, while Scarlet tries to get the attention of the enraged quarterback. Guys, calm the heck down. Jay, you okay? <laughs> this has escalated very quickly and seems like it's not just about me being snarky. Just some rich douchebags trying to assert some make-believe dominance. Benny, you can't afford to get in trouble again. They'll kick you out of school. That is so fetch! The Salvation Army Queen telling someone what they can afford. Report of the potential tussle has finally reached their chaperone, and Ms. Paige Turner speedingly makes her way from the top of the hill. Pages fall from her clipboard as she hopes to stop any bloodshed. You see what I'm talking about, Benny? Nobody on that team or this school really likes you. That's why you have this group of Powerpuff girls protecting you. Whoa, who are you calling a Powerpuff girl? Yeah, check your pronouns. Calm down, Powerpuff Nancy boys. Strike two. Oh my god, whatever. Gwenny, are you really going to side with the criminal and his freak show friends? Sorry. Desi, I'd rather join the circus than hang out with you clowns. That's enough of that. You know how hard it is to get permission for a day field trip, and I refuse to let you all ruin it for the other classes. Jay, can you work with Benny and Scarlet? We'll let Reginald and Desdemona work together. Come on, everyone. Let's find that photosynthesis. The rest of the field trip progresses uneventfully. Later that night, Benny, Scarlet, Gwen, Hanuel, and Jay are all enjoying some private time and reflecting on the day's events. Jellybean, your dad's going to start that movie with the dinosaurs. The one you like? Mom, it's Jurassic Park, and I'm not really in a movie mood. I'm... 
I'm just going to tinker for a bit. I'll come down later. The young amateur inventor works slowly and deliberately on a collection of loose electronic parts. If I fry another motherboard, Dad is going to kill me. What in the world? Is that another bird? Jay's room is bathed in a pale green light. A small glowing sphere floats outside their closed bedroom window. Hey! Hey, calm down! You're gonna break the window! Oh, what are you? Ah, I've read about remote military drones, but nothing like this. No visible propulsion, no antenna, Jay has their body bathed by a neon green light as the mysterious floating orb bobs in front of them. The light pulsates up and down their body until the light fixates on the teenager's hands. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't understand. Are you from another planet? Can you understand me? Like struck by an unseen force, a sliver of the orb shoots off and wraps around Jay's right middle finger. Ah! The remaining mass of the orb seemingly liquefies and forms a band around the startled teen's left wrist. The liquid metal circles Jay's wrist before solidifying into a bracelet with a smooth silver dollar-sized disc on both the top and bottom of their wrist. The two discs glow a vivid green before going dark. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what just happened? Why can't I get these things off? Oh, way to go, Jay. You make first contact and then get the alien tech stuck to yourself. I just know the government is going to be here in any second to take me away and cut these things off of me. Jellybean, your dad's making sundays and... What have you got behind your back? Jay, did you take apart my hairdryer? Again? No, I, um... Was just, um, just, uh... Jay, Terra, show me what's behind your back. Right this second. Well, um, you see, Mum, uh, I was just up here working and I, um, uh... Oh, you made yourself a bracelet! Very snazzy. It looks like something straight out of that Space Wars movie that you love. 
Now, come on, downstairs, before the ice cream gets all melty. Across town, Benny, covered in grease, is underneath his mother's car in their garage. He slides out from underneath and yells towards an open door. Mom, how many times do I have to tell you? If the dashboard lights are on for any reason, you have to let me know. Benjamin Ulysses Humo, how am I supposed to make dinner with no clean dishes? What have you been doing all afternoon that you couldn't get them done? It's Wednesday. I had to work on my community service. Or would you rather me go back to juvie? Just have some leftovers. Gee, will I have the fuzzy mac and cheese or the fuzzy spaghetti? I can't do this all on my own. You have to help out. Clean the fridge, do some dishes. I am not asking the world from you. Gee, Benny, how was your day? Have fun at school? Save any kids from getting the snot kicked out of them? Thanks for asking, Mom. Nice to know you care. The laments of the frustrated teen are interrupted by a pulsating red light that floats just outside his open garage door. Benny slowly walks into a deserted alley and finds a crimson globe floating at his eye level. In her backyard pool, Gwen races against an unseen foe. All alone, save for a loyal but sleeping Siberian husky, the captain of the Vermilion High School Fighting Dragons swim and water polo teams pushes herself to exhaustion, reaching the end of the pool. Slower? Come on, Gwen! You can do better than this. You're the anchor of the relay for a reason. They're all counting on you. You have to be better. Gwen! Dad said get out of the pool. You need to eat dinner. I'll be in in 20 more minutes. That's what you said 30 minutes ago. I promise this time. The athletic teen dives back into the pool and races to the far end as her bewildered sister returns inside. Gwen swims with such determined focus, she fails to notice the pulsating blue orb descending towards her pool. Dad, I said 20 more minutes. You don't have to start flickering the lights off and on. What the heck? Hanuel relaxes on his bed while perusing his PDA. The teen has a slight smile on his face as he looks over his weekly to-do list. Hmm, I've got debate club meeting tomorrow and then the volunteer shift at the senior home the day after this weekend is the cove cleanup and the charity event at the pound hmm. I wonder if I can squeeze in a movie after the senior home yeah, Gwen's been wanting to go see something at the new cineplex Maybe we can invite that J-Kid from the field trip? A flashing pink light draws the young teen's attention from their handheld device. Putting the device on his end table, Hanuel moves quickly to his window. Ah, oh, man. 
Did the light go out on this divine's porch again? Across from Vermilion High School, Scarlet sits on a swing, listening to her Walkman. She slowly sways on a swing and passively looks toward the school. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind, never really blows. I'm letting go. Oh, it's about time. Molly must have fallen asleep in his office again. The teen continues to swing and only pauses when she sees a blinking light come around the far side of the campus. Oh, don't tell me they actually hired a security guard! The black strobing orb accelerates toward her at such an unexpected speed that Scarlet falls backward in surprise. Whoa! The next morning at Vermilion High begins as any other. Students rush towards classes and teachers prepare to begin their lessons. In Dr. Alistair's English class, Jay sits in the front of the class, pencil in hand and notebook open. Benny and Scarlett sit in the back, and the duo of Gwen and Hanuel enter right as the bell rings. All right, my young scholars, let's focus. Yesterday... We had begun our discussion on the origins of folk tales and other urban legends. Now, while I was completing my doctoral thesis, Hyperbation and Representation in Folk Tales, interpreting ethnocentric homosociality whilst attending Oxford, I did extensive work on the legends that the indigenous people of this region had crafted. Now, stories of mass beasts that exist in waters and earth are common themes across societal structures, but the stories originated here showed that... Hanuel looks down at his wrist nervously and covers it with his hand. Uh, Hanu? Pagers should be off before the bell rings. This interruption, the height of immaturity, shut it off, or I will find residents in my desk drawer. Now, as I was saying, the indigenous people of this region spoke a massive... Benny looks at his wrist as the small circular screen begins to glow. Hanul, what did I just say? Binny, Jai, Scarlet, you all know the rules. Turn those pages into my desk and you'll get them after class. Mr. Alistair, no, it's not like that. Doctor. What? It's not Mr. Alistair. Mr. Never. It is Dr. Alistair. I did not spend nearly a decade of my life dedicated to the study of the English language and all its eccentricities to be called Mr. Ever again. Gwen, you too. Is more than enough. The five of you, the principal's office now. Maybe you can explain to him why you think it's okay to disrupt my instruction and brazenly break school protocol. The five teens make their way into the deserted hallway. Ah, uh, my folks are gonna be pissed when they find out I got sent to the principal's office. 
Over a pager I don't even own. Same. I don't even know why this watch is beeping like this. W wait. Did you all have an unexpected encounter of the supernatural or paranormal variety last night? Because uh, this watch is not an early birthday present. Oh, thank God. I thought I was going crazy or had the most vivid dream ever. Hey, guys, is anyone else's watch starting to vibrate? The quintet stares down at their respective wrists and begin to not only feel the vibration in their watches, but can also see they are beginning to glow with increasing intensity. This is getting a little conspicuous. Follow me. Benny leads the group quickly to the end of the hall and begins to move up the staircase. Uh, Benny, <laughs> I know we really don't know each other all that well, so I don't know how well you take criticism. So if if um, if this offends you, let me apologize in advance. What are you rambling on about? We're already on the second floor. We've reached the maximum level of school permitted elevation. There has to be a better place to talk than a staircase that everyone uses. We're not staying in the stairwell. We're going to the roof. Hasn't the roof been locked since those seniors got up there and launched water balloons at everyone last year? Yeah, but a locked door is only a problem if you don't have a key. Just one of the perks of being the football team manager. Scarlet opens the door to the roof and the teens find themselves overlooking all of Vermilion High. Students are running around the school track, while others are milling about the field area pretending to exercise. Benny pulls up his left sleeve and reveals the red bracelet that he received the night before. What the heck is this thing? Did everyone get visited by a glowing red ball from space too? One by one, the teens reveal their bracelets. Blue. Uh, green. Black. Pink. Has anyone been able to get theirs off? How will we even do that? These things don't have any clasps. It's like they're one solid piece and glued in place. Oh, I, I was examining mine last night, and it seems like these bands are made of some sort of liquid metal. They're, they're radiating some sort of a signal. It, it, it's like a... It's like Wi-Fi, but not... Liquid metal? Like the Terminator? That's both awesome and scary. Wi-Fi? What's, what's Wi-Fi? Oh, uh, Wi-Fi is a wireless networking protocol that allows devices to communicate without direct cable connections. A common misconception is... So it's broadcasting? Or is it receiving a signal? Uh, receiving, I think. Uh... <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not really an expert on alien nanotechnology. So, what are they for? Are we supposed to use them to call someone? Would we even understand them? Mine was just spouting some crazy noises. I was trying to translate what mine said, but it's not in Korean, Mandarin, Spanish, or Tagalog. I, I got nothing. I cross-referenced it against Morse code Japanese and Sentinelese, though... I am only just learning Sentinelese, so I could be... Language. Incomplete. Class. Planet designate. Threat. Guardian. 
The circular discs on each of the five teens' wrists begin to glow. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? What's a guardian? Did it say the planet is a threat or is under threat? Oh, um, I think the bracelets are piggybacking the signal off of each other. Everyone, put your hands together. We might get more of the message. The teens stand in a circle and place their braceleted wrists in the middle. The strobing lights all increase in intensity until they remain on. A flickering hologram of a humanoid figure appears before the teens. Planetary protection. Priority. You have been chosen. Guardians. The abilities. Protection of life not. To engage. And vocal. Guardians. Engage. Jay's bracelet glows a bright green. Druidic Defender. Gwen's bracelet glows in intense blue. Hydro Hoplite. Hanuel's bracelet glows a dazzling pink. Storm Sentinel. Benny's bracelet glows a deep red. Higher Paladin. Scarlet's bracelet glows a hueless black. Nova Knight. The flickering image begins to repeat a motion, moving its right fist to its left wrist and rotating it 90 degrees clockwise. Uh, what is it doing? I think that's how we turn the bracelets on. And what does that mean? What happens when we turn them on? Oh, this is amazing. And befuddling. Some aliens want us to protect the planet? Uh, why? Why would they pick us? There has to be literally thousands of better suited people. Shouldn't we, I don't know, contact the police or the government? This is way over our heads. And tell them what? That alien selected us to protect the Earth? And now we have technology that we can't take off? You think they wouldn't lock us up and start with the experimentation? Yeah, that is what happens in the movies. Guys, think about this. What threat could possibly be coming that the government wouldn't know about or try to stop before we could even get involved? The quintet of teens looks around and sees that one of the football field's light poles has crashed to the ground and students are fleeing the area. That was oddly coincidental. What made that roar? None of the species of animals that are indigenous to this area have a vocal range of that magnitude. Erupting from the ground in a plume of dirt and debris is a three-meter-tall figure covered in matted white fur. Its long limbs and its massive hands and feet each protrude numerous claws. The massive beast resembles that of the missing link or advanced primate, but with a head appearing to be that of a deer skull. What is that thing? Does it matter? It's going after those people. We have to help them. Let's go. Wait. Wait? For what? Those people need help now. The bracelets. We use the bracelets. Do we even know what these things do? What if they're bombs? I don't think aliens would attach bombs to us and then tell us to protect the planet. 
I, the message said something about abilities. So it, it, it's logical to assume that these aren't bombs or, or even simple ordinances. I say we try them because I have no idea how to fight that thing. If we do this, we do it all together or not at all. Who is in? You know I'm in. Those people need help and this is going to make things easier. And I say, let's do it. You think I would miss a chance to use advanced alien technology? I am very much in. If this thing mutates me into some weird alien hybrid or gives me space cancer, I'm kicking all your butts. The teens nervously eye each other for a few moments. A mix of anticipation, fear, and excitement is palpable in the air around them. In unison, they bring their ringed fists to their circular discs on the bottom of their wrists and exclaim, Guardians engaged! Tubular Teens with Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thunder Sword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teens with Titans features the vocal talents of... Tubular Teens with Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thunder Sword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teens with Titans features the vocal talents of... I'm Briar Zachary, and I play the Druidic Defender, Jay Terra. My name is Chris Van, and I play the Pyre Paladin, Benny Humo. I'm Shane Cochran, and I voice... Erailed. I'm JJ Jensen, and I play Hera. I'm Tim Loika, and I play Storm Sentinel, Hanuel Yasuo. I'm Keisha Wallace, and I play the Hydro Hoplite, Gwyn Avalon. I'm Michael Waldschlager II, and I play Harbinger. I'm Noah, and I play Johnny Dakota. Marie Claire Gould as Ms. Paige Turner. Kyle Gould as Reginald Thaddeus III. I'm Sarah Joy, and I play Mrs. Bonnie Humo. I'm Shane Patrick, and I play the narrator.